You're listening to Rocket Night. Hi, Cherise. This is Lester Chambers of the legendary Chambers Brothers. I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for caring for musicians and letting the whole entire world know we rock at night. album memories music and pride yeah i really love the nostalgic feel to it well thank you i'm really proud of this album and i'm you know i'm really excited to see what we can do with it and that's pretty much come out exactly the way i hoped it would so it's always a great feeling (laughs) you know what i like about it the engineering is not over engineered i hear so many eps albums nowadays where I don't get to hear hear the person's voice. And your voice shines through. Your voice should be the centerpiece of the whole thing, and it is. Yeah, and that's something we kind of discussed before we even sat down and started recording, you know, because even the way I write songs is very vocally driven. I'm a, I pretty much, you know, write the melody before I write anything else, because that's what I want to come through. So... And luckily, yeah, the producers on the album, Kirsten and Steve, were very much in agreement. They said, yes, we need to make sure your vocals sound as good as they possibly can on this on this record. And I think they did a great job. Oh, I I think so, too. I mean, I, I thought the production was, was well done. I'm, and uh, your voice does shine through, and the music does shine through. Some of the songs, the highlights, leave. I felt it almost had had a, a cha-cha kind of uh, we, beat to it. Yeah, we did that on purpose kind of last minute. And actually, that song got added last minute. We had recorded all of the songs on the album, and we were listening back, and it was just decided that we needed one more song that had a little bit more of an up-tempo feel to it, you know, just to move the album along a little more. And I had written that song, you know, maybe a year or so ago and never did anything with it. It was just kind of on one of those kind of back burner songs. And I was like, oh, maybe I should look at this again because there were a lot of the words that I didn't really love. And Mm -hmm. so then um, I sat down with Kirsten and Steve, the producers, and we reworked the song and rewrote it, rewrote a lot of the lyrics, changed the melody a little bit here and there. And so it became the last song we added kind of after the fact. And... um, and it was funny, and originally when I wrote it, it was not going to have a cha-cha kind of feel, and mm. I, but I, you know, we, we had the basic melody and, and, and chord progression, and I sent it to my lead guitar player, and he started adding some, yeah, just little riffs and kind of came up with that, that immediate guitar riff you hear at the beginning, and mm. that sounded kind of cha-cha-like, and we were like, maybe we should make it a cha-cha, so it just kind of evolved that song more than any 
kind of evolved right at the last minute, but I think it came out really great. I agree. It's, it's funny. It's almost like a lost gem when you revisit something that you wrote a long time ago. And it, I really, I really liked it. I think it stood out. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that we went back and added it at the last minute because yeah. yeah, it was not originally among the songs we were going to put on there. And so yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I, I feel like it, it does add an extra little something. It sounds a little different than a lot of songs. You know, with all of my songs, I don't want any of them sound the same, like mm -hmm. the same song over and over. And that one especially, I feel like it, it just is its own little thing right there in the album. Yeah, that stood out. Um, your single, I Just Don't Care Anymore, that, that too has kind of a 50s feel. That's why I kind of I kind of get the hint of nostalgia, the whole Patsy Cline influence throughout the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that is where I get most of my, uh, my inspiration are from kind of the really iconic female singers, through the decades, you know, yeah, Patsy Cline and Amy Lou Harris and Linda Ronstadt and Bonnie Raitt and there's all these voices that you remember because I am so vocally driven. Like those are the, mm -hmm. also the artists that attract me the most. Um, the people who have these voices that are just unmistakable and and have just carried through. No matter what show I play, like you can always play a Patsy Cline song and mm -hmm. the person in the audience loves it. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of music they love. Um, so. That's what we are going for, to create something that kind of sounds classic without sounding necessarily retro, but just has that same feel to it that, um, that it crosses a lot of genre boundaries with, with the music. I want to be a cowboy, the yodeling. When did you start yodeling and why? <laughs> that was something that I picked up in college because I was a huge fan of Jewel. When I first picked up the guitar in high school, that was when that boom of the 90s singer-songwriters mm -hmm. was going on, and Jewel and Sarah McLaughlin and Alanis Morissette and all of those. And, and Jewel was really my favorite, because I loved her voice. And um, in college, somebody sent me a recording of her yodeling, and she is an amazing yodeler. She, you know, she's mm -hmm. from Alaska, and her dad was a, was a musician as well, and she was a yodeler, and she used to travel with him when she was really young in his band. And... Um, so, uh, so she's an amazing yodeler. Somebody sent me this recording of her doing this crazy acrobatic yodeling song, and I was just so impressed. You know, and she had been one of my uh, idols when I was first starting out, and so I was like, I want to learn how to do that. And so I just basically sat like a, on a summer away from college when I was at home. I pretty much just sat in my room listening to yodeling for like mm -hmm. three months and trying to figure out how you do it, and and eventually. You know, and now it's been about 10 years that I've been yodeling, mm -hmm. so I've refined it over the years. Um, and, you know, and after I did get that influence from Jewel, you know, I've, I've slowly been going back further and further into that old-style cowboy country yodeling. And, mm -hmm. and that Patsy Montana song is, is from 1935. It was the first million-selling record by a female country artist. It's like such a classic, great old country song. And so we kind of redid it in our own style, and it's now like one of the, our favorite songs to play as a band, and it always just gets such a great response from the audience. I love it, and and I do like that, the, the yodeling. It is kind of a lost art. I guess um, as a singer, what would you have to do as far as prepping yourself for yodeling? 
just a matter of learning how to create that break in your voice between your chest and your head voice. And most people can do it. You know, there's a lot of modern music that actually people use that break in their voice to emphasize certain parts in songs, but they don't necessarily take it to that next level of adding the yodeling part where you're actually saying, you know, like where you're saying yodel along with that break. Um, so it's really just a matter of getting that break, and once you have it, it just takes some practice getting your tongue involved, too, and coordinated, say the right things, and, you know, it's not as hard as it sounds, and I think it's, but it's just one of these, uh, it is kind of a lost art that mm-hmm. people don't put it into music these days, it's just fallen out of favor, and so it's, it's really fun to bring it back into shows, and because it surprises people, and they don't expect it, and they might not even think they like yodeling, uh, but once you've throw a song like that at them, pretty much everyone's a fan by the end. I think when people think of yodeling, they think of the sound of music and being in Austria or something. Exactly, I know. Yeah. They don't think of it as being just this like, fun, energetic kind of uh, vocal acrobatics that it can be. Um, it does, I think it gets a little bit of a bad rap because nobody does it anymore these days, but it, it's really fun and we always, yes. Mm-hmm. The song always goes over so well. Speaking of singing, when did you discover you had a voice? Well, it was really a, a slow process, I would say. I always just loved singing. You know, from the point where I was probably, you know, three years old, and we have videos of me just kind of singing at the camera, singing like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and stuff. You know, I was just always one of these kids that wanted to sing no matter what, and I don't think I even necessarily had a great voice to start with. I mean, I was probably naturally inclined in some ways, but, you know, like, even in in school, I didn't even necessarily want to join chorus or any of those things, Mm -hmm. because I wasn't sure I had a good enough voice, but I was just persistent, and I would just sing everywhere, all the time, in the car, in the shower, wherever I could, and, you know, I grew up around, both of my parents were singers and played guitar, and so Mm -hmm. I would... You know, they would be up uh, on the weekends singing and harmonizing and all these great old songs from the 60s and 70s. So I had a lot of musical influence from them. And it was just, you know, a slow progression of me just always wanting to sing and finally picking up the guitar when I was in high school and wanting to write songs after I just learned a few chords. And um, just over the years, it's just become a better and better instrument for me. And, you know, I've never even taken any vocal lessons to speak of. I took a few lessons one time and, and quit pretty quickly because I'm not very good at practicing uh, what other people want me to practice. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's just what I've always been inclined to do. So you just have the natural ability, and I guess you just kind of trained it, probably, like you said, singing along with records and emulating other people. Yeah, I really, I, I really think that the voice is more easily trainable than people sometimes think, that if you, you just have some persistence mm-hmm. with it and, yeah, just sing along with other people who are singing in pitch, and uh, that, that, you know, it, it does progress mm-hmm. over the years. Now, you do a lot of gigs. It looks like, wow, I mean, you've done a lot of touring. Is there any regime or any kind of prep that you do for your throat or for your voice since you you're out there all the time not really and and i find i mean i'm not saying that i shouldn't but being (laughs) but i find that as long as i am singing you know 
on a regular basis, sometimes every day, sometimes every other day, it really keeps my voice in shape. It's, it's when I take a break for a couple of weeks from gigs that, that then, uh, you know, it, it's a little harder to get back in and sing mm-hmm. those four-hour shows. Um, but as long as I'm singing on a regular basis, my voice really holds up well and it feels good. And I just try to keep myself healthy and eating well and exercising when I'm on the road. And uh, my voice seems to keep up with that as long as I take care of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I, it, I think I read that you study journalism at the University of Florida. Is that correct? I did. Yeah, I got my degree in journalism and you know, for the first few years out of college, I was working at a few different newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I worked at the Gainesville Sun in Gainesville. And, um, uh, but my parents were from, or my mom is from Los Angeles, at least. Mm-hmm. And after a couple of years working in Gainesville, my parents were moving out here to L.A. because my mom inherited a house out here. And I decided to follow them because mm-hmm. one thing, the paper was laying off people left and right. Oh, and yeah. I think they were happy to have someone leave of their own volition. Uh, but... Uh, so I just came out here because I wanted to focus on music. You know, I I always wanted to focus on music ever since I started writing songs, but I just was too afraid to. It's just such a, it's a hard, you know, it's a hard career to go after mm-hmm. and, and take that risk. So really music was yeah. was a hobby, you could say, and but it was, it was really where your heart was. It was, yeah, and I just, took a long time for me to get up the courage to finally just say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it work somehow. And, you know, luckily I do have the support of my parents. You know, I'm living out here near Los Angeles where the cost mm-hmm. of living is really high. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. my parents have allowed me to move back in with them while I tour so that way I don't have to pay rent. You know, I'm not home very often as it is. Uh, and so they at least are giving me a place to call home while I so often try to chase my dreams as a, as a singer, songwriter, and, and musician. So I'm really lucky in that way. It, was that more or less the, the catalyst for this career change? I mean, was, was there a defining moment where you said, this is really what I want to do for real as a profession? Yeah, and again, it was a, a slow decision of me convincing myself uh, because I moved out here about seven years ago, actually, and, you know, at first I got a few different jobs. I, I lived in various places around Southern California, and, you know, but I, after about four years working for this fitness company and, and trying to do music on the weekends and at night and just finding I didn't have the time to devote to it and just it wasn't going anywhere because I couldn't put enough time and effort into it, I just said, okay, I, you know, I went to my parents and said, could I move back in? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and they said, yes. Yeah. So I saved up for a while before I decided to leave my job and just put a little bit of a nest egg away and then just said, okay, this is it. I have to give it a real shot and, and see where it goes because if I don't, I'm going to always regret it. So, so they let me move back in and I quit my job about two and a half years ago now. And so I've been full-time for about two and a half years just boring and as much as I possibly can. And, and it's getting better and better every time I go out and play more shows. And, you know, with this new album, I'm so excited to see where it goes because I feel like this is absolutely the best thing I've ever created. And I'm so excited to see what happens. Now, when you tour, do you bring the whole band with you or just your guitarist? How is it when you travel around the country? Well, 
you know, most of the time it's just me, me and my guitar. Oh, that's but it? A lot of shows solo. And, you know, because of this level, it's hard to make enough money to bring, enough, you know, bring other people along. I have done some, some tours where I've brought my guitarist. I used to tour sometimes with a bass player, too. And I've done a couple tours with my whole band. And actually, right when the album comes out, I'm going to take the whole band back with me to Texas in November, do a bunch of shows out there, because I've gotten some good connections out in Texas. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I just go by myself, and I've, I've just been trying to build up contacts in various places on my own, so that mm-hmm. hopefully I can, you know, get some better gigs next time I go back, and be able to bring the whole band, and really make a, a better showing of it, because it's, it's nice to do it by myself, but it does get kind of lonely, and it's been mm-hmm. interesting, you know, it's like my album is basically all songs written on the road, usually by myself, you know, just things I've been learning, people I've met, experiences I've had, uh, since I have just been touring pretty much constantly for about two years, that's where all of my songwriting inspiration has come from, and it's, it's been a really interesting couple of years just learning about myself in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. just you know, spending that much time alone and traveling and, and dealing with the adventure of being on the road, it's, it's been a, an amazing couple of years. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that about traveling by yourself. It, I know a lot of people lately, and I don't know if it's a trend or what, where people are, like, for example, hitchhiking across the country or traveling to Peru or doing a lot of these I don't know, self-discovery kind of reflective trips. And uh, with you, though, you're channeling it to songwriting, which is a good thing. Yeah, I, you know, I feel like songwriting in a way is my own form of therapy, too, sometimes, you know, that uh, I'm able to take my experiences and, and put them into a song that hopefully other people can relate to and because most people have been through the same kinds of things. You know, we all struggle with, you know, just, life in general and finding our way through through life and so it has been amazing to be able to travel and be able to meet so many people all over the country and and take those experiences and put them into this album that I'm so proud of and that I listen to and I just you know I hear all those experiences again out of curiosity being a female and being by yourself do you find that people treat you differently or have you had any problems, et cetera? I haven't really. You know, there's only been a couple times when I'm traveling um, where I felt a little unsafe and had to kind of decide what I was going to do mm-hmm. in a situation. Mm-hmm. You know, cause, because I am traveling by myself, I usually plan my tours around areas where I have friends or at least there are friends of friends that I can stay with. You know, I, I'm not even really very comfortable staying in a hotel by myself when I'm mm-hmm. traveling because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel very safe. So I always have, you know, a safe place to call uh, home for the night when I am traveling. You know, luckily I do have a good network of people who have been really generous and they open their homes to me when I'm traveling and, and they help me along the way. So for them, I would say 95% of the time I feel pretty safe and taken care of and supported by people when I'm traveling. But there have been occasional times where I go, you know, I don't really feel safe here. I'm going to drive to the next place where I know I'm going to feel safe, even if it's three hours away and it's two in the morning. (laughs) I hear you. So, (laughs) Because, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to listen to my gut just in case, you know, because I don't want to regret it. But, but, you know, 
chances are I probably would have been fine either way. But, yeah, there have been a couple times where I said, okay, I'm going to just keep moving on where I feel safe. But mm-hmm. I have been really lucky that I, you know, especially, like, with Facebook and social networking now, you know, it's like you, you realize you know so many people in so many places it's nowadays true. that people move off to other places and you're able to keep in touch with them and they put you in touch with other people. And so it, it, it's really been great to be able to tour in this day and age with the internet and everything and being able to reach out to so many different people so easily. I read that you have opened for Lisa Loeb, Sophie B. Hawkins, Sean Colvin. Was that in California? Yeah. Yeah, there's a great venue here in South Orange County where I live that has a lot of those those touring acts come through, and so I've had the chance to open for quite a few of them, and, and that has been really cool to meet them and get to talk to them a little bit. Probably one of the best ones I did recently was this uh, Texas songwriter named Ray Wiley Hubbard. I don't know if you're familiar with his music. Mm, no. Um, but he is phenomenal, and he's, he was one of the most, like, open and generous people I've met, where as soon as I met him, he was just like, oh, tell me about your new album. Tell me about your career. Let me see. I'll, I'll try to help you next time you come to Texas. And, you know, so it is nice to be able to get to open for these, you know, acts that are are touring on a larger scale than I am and a lot of times they're really open and welcoming and wanting to help up and coming artists so it is a, it's a really good experience so in a sense they're kind of mentoring or taking you underneath their wing right right yeah that's some that's are nice than others yeah like this guy Ray Wiley Hubbard was especially like that other people you know they're not quite as open you know they're everybody's out there kind of slogging through life on the road and so everybody's at their own you know different um places in that but it, it is always really great to, to meet people who have been doing it longer and try to glean a little bit of of their experiences and their wisdom from it it's interesting i just uh well a couple hours ago i spoke with a rock band they were skyping with me from nashville and they were saying how competitive and actually how other musicians don't help each other up there. They're just this kind of cutthroat. And I've, I've heard that from people in Detroit and other cities. You you haven't found that, though. Oh, you do find that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you do find they're that. They're competitive. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, definitely. There, there's a, a certainly a competitive edge to music because, you know, we're all kind of fighting for the same gig. But in, in a way, that's what attracted me the most to the girls who started this California Country Records label. You know, they're in a band themselves called Calico, and they started their own label to put out their record. And from the moment I met them, they are just some of the most supportive musicians I've ever met. Whereas a lot of times you do meet other musicians and you feel like, you know, maybe they're they're just trying to kind of size you up as to how much you are competition, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Whereas with, with these girls, they just, from the moment we met, they were like, we love the music, let's work together. And they have been so generous. You know, they brought me with them to Nashville for the Americana Music Awards a couple of weeks ago. They had a they had an official showcase, and they let me sing with them and, and on a few other shows there in Nashville. And, you know, there were quite a few people in Nashville even who commented that, you know, that doesn't happen very often, that artists will bring along other artists to say,
advances you've made from your hard work, you know, the contacts mm-hmm. you've made, the networking connections. Um, and so, but, in, but I think it really only can help you to help support other artists because we are all in this together in a way. I mean, um, you know, the more I tour, the more I realize, you know, that the contact you make on the road make everything so much easier. So, you know, when I meet touring artists from, you know, Florida, and I'm like, hey, if you come to California, let's set up a show. I will help you because, if, you know, mm-hmm. if you're willing to help other artists, they'll help you when you come to their town and, and vice versa, you know, and it's just, it can be a great community if you make it that way. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is tough to fight through the competition sometimes. Yeah, it's it's really nice that you found the the Calico women because it's almost like a sisterhood that you have there, and and you you all can help each other, and uh, that's 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 a great thing because you don't always see that, from what I understand. Really nice. Yeah. And in in some ways, it is nice that uh, it's other women as well because there's so many men in the music industry, so it's it's just nice to work with other women who are very driven and doing really well in their careers and have worked hard to get where they are and are very talented. And, and so it's, just, it's been a really great partnership to work with them in this. I see that you've won a couple of awards. You want to talk about that? Well, you know, actually, I was nominated for a season. Oh, is that it? I okay. did not win. So we'll hope maybe this year. <laughs> but, yeah, well, at least, um, yeah. at least you were recognized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of great artists in Southern California in general and, and in Orange County. And it's kind of funny, like last year, we were nominated for Best Country Americana. But, um, you know, like there were a bunch of different artists. And, and the, so the, the band that won is this band called Big Sandy and it's Flyright Boys. I don't know. Oh, I know them. Yeah. So, you know, they've been touring since the 80s. They've oh, been yeah. in this for a long time. So, I mean, of course, I was happy to see them win. You know, they, they've been doing this a lot longer than I have. So it, it was kind of kind of a strange pool of, of artists in the country Americana genre. Because, yeah, because some really great acts have come out of Orange County. Right. So it was great to see them win. So it was absolutely an honor just to be nominated, as they say. So, um, you know, that is, you know, one of the parts about being in California is that there's a lot of talented people out here. So the competition is pretty stiff for these kinds of award shows and, and whatnot, but, you know, it's been really great to be out here and to be able to make the kind of connections you can as well, so. I've noticed uh, a trend in Americana and just music in general. Uh, I think people are wanting to hear real acoustic instruments and real voices. They're kind of tired of the auto-tuned voices and all the electronic gadgets, Um what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think so, and I certainly hope so, since that's the kind of music I've always enjoyed. But definitely, there is, is a certainly a trend towards more rootsy, independent kind of music, especially, you know, online, now that you can put out music online. It's not necessarily what you're hearing on the radio yet, and mm-hmm. even more and more you're hearing it on the radio. But I really do feel like there's such a community on online for for yeah roots americana kind of music and um like there's you know jason isbell (laughs) (laughs) getting the top country album out of kind of out of nowhere not really out of nowhere but it wasn't expected um 
that was an amazing thing. He's one of my favorite songwriters nowadays. And so, yeah, just seeing that kind of thing start to happen is really encouraging because it's the kind of music, you know, we've always been making, and it's, it's wonderful to see it coming around. Even I've noticed uh, old singers, classic singers like Wanda Jackson are back again making music, and I, I think it's quite refreshing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because she got that resurgence thanks to Jack White, which is exactly the, some of the younger people are realizing, you know, the, the quality of music that's being ignored, and thanks to, you know, their popularity, they're getting it back out there, so... I know, it's, it's a great thing. I'm, I'm really hoping that music is going to start coming around, you know, even what's popular in Nashville with all this bro country that people talk about and things. I really think it's going to start circling around. If people like Jason Isbell and, I don't know if you've heard, Sergio Simpson, he's another one of my favorites nowadays. Um, there's a few artists that are really kind of changing the scope of what country and Americana can be, you know, Sometimes I don't even necessarily want to classify my music as country because it's, it's hard to differentiate, you know, the kind of country we do from the kind of country that's on pop radio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's interesting, but I, ho- I hope it's going to start swinging around towards the more authentic-sounding country music. And, and that's what I like about your music. It is authentic. It's, it's not what I would call country pop or kind of... Mainstream is the real deal. Right. Well, I get influenced from all the great people that came before me, and I'm just trying to take that and and run with it and make my own brand of it. In the 60s, of course, there was a resurgence of folk music. Uh, Maybe we're going back to that now. You know, what comes around goes around. Yeah, you know, things certainly kind of cycle around when it comes to all sorts of trends so we can just hope that it will keep going in that direction Mm -hmm. towards yeah more you know honest songwriting not necessarily just hooks and uh yeah i don't even know how you describe pop music (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know uh, you know pretty much pop music of any genre has never been exactly what i would listen to but but it's popular for a reason so you know you have to go with it, but I do hope that, that the general population starts to uh, have a taste for that more true, authentic kind of music. 